I'm Hillary Hendershot, your host, and this is Profit Boss Radio, The Retirement Years, Episode 170. The Retirement Years on Profit Boss Radio is your weekly wealth building and retirement mastermind. Profit Boss is also a movement for women who want to reach their full wealth potential and be financially free. Let me be your guide as you defy the odds, take control of your money, grow your wealth, and retire well. Do you want the secrets of wealth and retirement to be yours? This is the place. I'm Hillary Hendershot. I'm a certified financial planner running a leading advisory firm for women and couples, and I'm sharing with you real stories from real life and real people who are making it happen. Forget Wall Street. You ready? Let's do this. Hey, Profit Boss. So I thought it was time in 2020, now that it's officially the most bizarre year any of us have ever lived through. As I look out my window today, the sky here in Silicon Valley is red with smog and smoke from fires. The sun and the moon burn incandescent red orange. There is ash covering my backyard as as the surface of my pool and covering my car, which sits out in front of my house. There has been a pandemic. There is a novel coronavirus. Everyone is stuck at home. If you are one of, in my opinion, the hardest hit people on the planet, you have school-aged children and no childcare, and you are doing homeschool, you're forced to keep your kids at home for your health, their health, and everybody you know's health who is over the age of 65. You are somehow supposed to work a full-time job and educate your kids and do as good or better of a job than their teachers would have because, you know, the year is coming when they will have to apply to that cadre of Ivy League schools that you have all been prepping for for your entire lives. And if you don't get it right, this will be the year that made or broke them. Okay, some of that was a little tongue-in-cheek, but isn't this just the freakiest time period we've ever lived through? So I want to talk to you about investing because the stock market is just as wild as life right now. It has been a massively wild ride. In March of this year, the major markets, and I'll just speak sort of generally when we talk about the market, most people mean the S&P 500, which is 500 domestic, that's U.S. large cap stocks was down 35%. But really, in truth, the global markets were down about that much. And people were massively emotional. I know that you, if you're a regular listener, sit through my legal disclosure at the end of each episode. Let me just say again, though, because I am talking specifically about investments, I'm not giving you investment advice today. Literally, my call to action to you is to get educated and to get an investment philosophy that you can abide by. So these short-term gyrations and your emotions don't get you off track, okay? So that's what we're talking about is investment philosophies. I am going to share with you what my philosophy is. I didn't make it up. I have very smart Nobel Prize winning finance people to thank for it, but it has served me and my clients well for two decades. And I encourage you to get a philosophy and that philosophy can be followed in high times and in low times. I hesitate to say good times and bad because obviously good times are when the market's up and bad times are when the market's down. 
but the market goes up and down. That's what it does normally. So it's not actually bad. When the market is down is when you earn your metal, your M-E-T-T-L-E as an investor. That's when you know if you're a sophisticated investor or if you're a fair weather investor. So let me just acknowledge that uncertainty which is a very tough place for the human animal to be in, is high. It's high about both health and money. It's hard to think about 2021. You can't plan a vacation or see your parents or your grandparents. We have sort of accepted at this point that we're all locked in our houses until there's a vaccine. And as of last week, they stopped some vaccine trials because someone had an adverse reaction. And it's just it can be tempting to get hopeless, okay? So it's just a really tough time to be a human. So my commitment is that this time not leave you with negative repercussions in your money. And this is how we're gonna do it, is to educate you and encourage you to get out of your emotional mind, your lizard brain, and do this aspect of your life intellectually. So the market has been both massively positive if you own U.S. large stocks. I mean, I don't know what you own. Like if you just own REITs or bonds, you know, you could probably diversify a little, but you know, you may not be having the same investment experience other people are. But so most people are having a positive experience since March. So the market has recovered the 35% it lost plus 10 or 15%, depending on what you own. And it's massively volatile, right? Apple and Tesla both had stock splits. And the public tends to love that, even though it has zero long-term impact on the value of the stock. Stock splits just make the stock more affordable. That's it. If there's a temporary uptick after a split, it's only due to investor sentiment. So remember that the value of a company or a stock has two things that comprise it, make up the value, the price you see on the trading desk on the market. That is the fundamental value of the company or the book value of the company. Yes, companies have real measurable value. That's called book value and investor sentiment. So when you saw the market dip 35% in March, some of that was fundamental company value. There's a lot of companies who were doing business. If they're doing business in person or can't do business during the COVID pandemic, they've lost significant market share revenue and maybe even gone out of business. But then of course, contrast that with companies like Zoom who rule the world. <laughs> so some of that dip was undoubtedly investor sentiment. We don't know how much, but of course, when there's fear and uncertainty, there's going to be negative market movement. And then bam, it went right back up. So Apple, you know, first of all, is the most valuable company on the planet. It's worth $2 trillion. Tesla stock has it now worth more than Toyota when Toyota sells something like four times or eight times the number of cars Tesla sells. So Something odd going on there. Apple and Tesla and NVIDIA and Facebook seem to gyrate in price 10% or more every day this week. Positive returns from the S&P 500 so far in 2020 are mostly being carried by just 12 companies. So the other 487 or 88 on the S&P 500 are down for the year. So you look at the market and you think it's up. Turns out that's just 12 companies. Seems a little unsustainable to me. And then, of course, everybody, everybody, everybody wishes they had bought Zoom stock in January. 
And if you look back and think to yourself, oh, it was obvious or predictable that Tesla or Facebook would be up right now, you actually are suffering a cognitive bias called hindsight bias, meaning it's not actually true that that was predictable. Stock prices change based on new information. So all available information is already integrated into the price of the stock on an up-to-the-minute basis. Okay, so don't get to thinking that stock prices are ever predictable. And then if you sold Tesla or one of the stocks mentioned, you are definitely watching it and having hindsight regret, which is never fruitful. So looking back in the rearview mirror, you know, given the way the stock market works, you can measure your short-term mistakes, okay? Annie Duke is a world-famous female poker player, and she, in the last year, came out with a new book, and one of the sections of that book defined this term called resulting. She says, resulting is when you make a good choice and it has a bad outcome. And she said, you should still feel good about making the right choice, regardless of whether or not in the short term you had a bad outcome. Because if you continue making the right choices, the good choices, the choices that where the evidence aligns with you, that eventually you will have that good outcome. So I like that, resulting. And, you know, there will always be outliers. There will always be companies having temporary short-term moonshots. They take off like meteors. And you can't worry about that because people have been trying to predict those moonshots accurately since the invention of the stock market. And nobody, 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 despite what Hollywood might want you to think, has been able to extract meaningful profit. In other words, they reliably get in at the bottom and sell out at the top reliably and consistently. So, I do want to say one other thing about these single stock moonshots. So when people come to me and they say, oh, I bought Tesla at 20 cents and now it's worth a million dollars, right? Invariably, my response to them is, oh, that's fantastic. So you made money. So you sold it. And they say, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to sell it. You haven't made any money on a stock until you've sold it. That is paper fodder. That is digital bits and bytes staring back at you on a screen when you log into E-Trade, okay? You have to sell the thing to actually make money so you can spend it. Until you've sold it, you haven't survived the life cycle or managed the life cycle of the investment. And that is a massive misunderstanding. People walk around all the time saying, I've made XYZ dollars on this investment. No, you have not. You haven't until you've sold it, liquidated it, and you can spend that money. Whatever you do with it after that, it either goes back into the life cycle of a new investment or now it becomes spending dollars for you, which is ultimately the purpose of money, right? So that's a education point for you today. And so, of course, you know, my job is to educate people on why their investments, if I work for them, why their investments are the way that they are. And so what I've been saying to my clients who I work for is, remember, we have an investment philosophy that we're abiding by. You know, now really isn't the time to reduce diversification and chase short-term returns. So what... What kind of investment philosophy am I talking about? Well, you can either have a traditional active investing philosophy, 
or you can be an evidence-based investor, okay? So I would say Wall Street was definitely built on active investing. This is where you try to guess which companies are gonna go up before they do. Your intention is to buy low and sell high. Almost no one accomplishes that, by the way. It's the number one rule in investing, buy low, sell high. The number two rule in investing is diversify, 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 in case you are wondering. So let's talk about the difference between traditional active investing and evidence-based investing, okay? So characteristics of evidence-based investing. You have a long-term market perspective. You are in it to win it. You're in it for the long-term. I'm in my early 40s, so I'm thinking about I'm probably gonna live to 95. I have a 50-year time horizon in the market. That's a long-term perspective. I am guided in my investment choices by peer-reviewed academic evidence, which means it's gone through the academic ringer and it has merit. It's practically applied And I'm very patient as I participate in the markets. That's evidence-based investing, okay? Traditional active investing is short-term market forecasting. I might rely on quote-unquote expert opinions, whether that expert is someone who talks to me on a radio show or who I read in an opinion piece in a paper or who is an active investing financial advisor or investment advisor at a Wall Street bank. And it's very speculative in nature, and you're doing things rapidly. So if you have a financial advisor who calls you minute to minute or week to week and says, hey, I think this next thing, we need to get on this rocket ship before it takes off, this market, this segment, this industry, we're going to sell some of what we got and we're going to buy in because this is my next hot prediction. That is definitely active investing. Okay, let's talk more about how the uh, evidence-based investing philosophy differs from traditional. So if you're evidence-based, I'm just going to talk about, actually, let's switch. I'm going to talk about active and then we'll talk about evidence-based. So traditional Active investors believe they can successfully predict when and how to trade on breaking news. Okay, so they are in denial of the assertion that stock prices are up to the minute with all available information instantaneously. Active investors feel a sense of urgency to make the quote unquote right calls to beat the market. Active investors act on quote unquote expert opinions, which are of course vulnerable to biases, blind spots, and changeable conditions. Active investors define success as outperforming others or making a lot of money. Of course, it's never defined, right? How much? It's like the the infinite amount. Trillions quintillions, lots of money. Active investors don't distinguish between market risks, which are factors that are expected to yield extra returns and concentrated risks, which just add more risk. The way I say this in plain language to my clients is I am extremely careful when I add risk to your portfolio. I demand that for every ounce of risk I add to your portfolio, you get an extra ounce or two of expected return. Okay. So for example, if you had a hundred stocks, that's a fairly good diversification right now. And if you sold those 100 stocks to buy just one company, that would be taking on what I've just referred to as concentration risk. So now, while yes, you could shoot the moon, your investment could also go to zero, right? Every one of us listening is old enough to remember Enron. Okay. Enron went out of business in basically a day. And it was a massive surprise. And they had hundreds of thousands of employees that were not only left without a job, but also without the pension that they had been promised. So it's a big deal. Okay. 
Active investors focus on cleverly timed trades over the costs, commissions, and taxes they incur, which of course means they tend to incur a lot of those transaction costs. And active investors try to beat the market or the indexes through clever stock picking and market timing. I would also add to that that in my experience is active investors suffer from overconfidence bias. They're always certain that they can do what the PhDs and Nobel Prize winners have not been able to do. Okay, contrast that with evidence-based investing. If you're an evidence-based investor, you understand that near-term market swings, like the ones we're suffering right now, are unpredictable. So you would ignore the noise. Evidence-based investors assume that time is on their side. Like I just said, I've got 50 plus years. So you have to give your plan time to grow. Evidence-based investors are guided by peer-reviewed academic inquiry. In other words, the stuff the national financial news media doesn't tell you. (laughs) And definitely take a steady-as-she-goes resolve. Evidence-based investors define success as being able to comfortably fund their personal financial goals so you have a reasonable expectation of long-term return from your portfolio. Evidence-based investors manage market risk factors and their expected returns and diversify away concentrated risks. So that's the correlate to what we talked about before. And that that is being very conservative when adding risk to your portfolio. Volatility can be the enemy. Depending on where you are in your life cycle as an investor, it's important not to have too much downside risk. Evidence-based investors focus on minimal trading, understanding that the costs involved are among the biggest drags on their end or final internal rates of return. Evidence-based investors participate in the market to earn expected long-term returns according to time-tested academic evidence, their personal goals, and individual risk tolerances. So that means if you take on this evidence-based mindset, you can find a place where you can allow yourself to be impervious to or insulated from what's happening right now in the markets. And You know, like I said, today my call to action to you isn't to go invest in or buy anything based on what I'm saying to you. Just want you to get educated. So I encourage you to get good information. You could go home tonight and Google evidence-based investing. There are lots of providers who will make evidence-based investing available to you, who can implement that for you. My firm is one of them. And my intention in today's conversation is just to give you some perspective, to alleviate some concern, and to provide a way of thinking that brings me a lot of peace of mind. So unfortunately, I cannot bring you peace of mind about health and COVID and the pandemic and the vaccine, but I I know that I can bring you peace of mind about your money. So this too shall pass. The markets will at some point in the future, look very, 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 very different than they do today or feel very different. And we'll have different conversations that match or mirror or are appropriate at that time. But I'll always come back to this evidence-based investing philosophy. I have something very exciting for you today. If you liked this conversation and want to learn more about how to adopt mindsets and practices that allow you to have financial peace of mind. You know, one of the things I've been talking about is that this is the first 
major downturn event that, and as an individual with my husband, so we're a financial partnership, have been through together. And I'm proud to say that while our income is down, our peace of mind definitely is not. Our financial independence definitely is not. And that is something that didn't seem like it was in my future, you know, 12, 13 years ago, when I suffered my own personal crisis of finances. And like the phoenix rising from the ashes, okay? I created a coaching program that I have implemented many times before with many different kinds of people. And it is definitely a system that is successful and produces profit and teaches people how to grow their net worth and how to make their financial situation unmessable with. So in the next couple weeks, I'm going to be sharing with you about my Wealth Multiplier course. And this year's Wealth Multiplier course is expanded in terms of it has been limited to women in the past. Now we're making that available to all genders. As I've always said, my orientation toward working with and for women was never about excluding men. It was always about wanting to empower women. And, you know, I've just really realized that I'm committed that all people thrive. And so we're making this available to all genders and limiting it to business owners. So I'm talking to you. If you're a business owner, I know that you want to be confident in your financial standing, and I know you want to live a fulfilled life. I totally believe that hardworking entrepreneurs shouldn't have to pour everything into their business. You're clocking 80 hours a week. I mean, I know what's happening out there. Some of you have businesses that are positively impacted by the pandemic, and some of you are really having a hard time, you know, and I know that can leave you frustrated, stuck and overwhelmed. And I definitely do not want you to convince yourself that a certain level of financial success isn't possible. So that's why I created the Wealth Multiplier course. In this course, I'm quite literally going to walk you through the necessary steps to change your relationship with money, scale your business for massive growth and help you increase your net worth on a consistent basis, month to month, quarter to quarter, year to year for the rest of your life. And so that's totally going to transform everything, including your outlook, what's possible for you, your confidence, your freedom, your choices. It's going to be totally transformational for you. And as a precursor to the Wealth Multiplier course, I will offer a training called Seven Ways Business Owners Can Transform Revenue into Personal Wealth. That training will be totally free. If you go to the show notes for today's episode, hillaryhendershot.com forward slash 170, you can put yourself on the interest list for this year's Wealth Multiplier course. We will make pre-order pricing, early bird pricing available to you, and that training will be free, totally free, always free for all of you who choose to take it. More on this to come. I'm just letting you know this is coming up. The first mastermind for the Wealth Multiplier course is Friday, October 16th. Mark it off in your calendars. I hope to see you there. And the course is six months long, so totally immersive and comprehensive. All right, that's all on that for now. I hope this gave you a new perspective on what you hear on the media, what you're seeing in your accounts, and know, as always, that my intention is to have this peace of mind that I talk about be replete in you, and I hope we get to work together to do that. Okay, Profit Boss, talk to you next time. As we wrap things up here for today, I need to review with you the things I have to disclose as a fiduciary financial advisor offering wealth management services through my firm, Hendershot Wealth Management, LLC. 
You should know that the opinions I express on Profit Boss Radio are my own, and they can change. The content I provide in the show is for general education. It's not intended as specific investment advice, nor do I recommend any specific financial products. Unlike how I roll at home with my husband, I can't guarantee that my statements, opinions, or forecasts are always 100% right. Of course, I wish I could peek into that proverbial crystal ball, but so far, I haven't found it. Past performance is not indicative of future results. I talk a lot about indexes and I want you to know you can't actually buy an index because of course when you take a list of companies and create a product that allows people to invest in those companies, there are fees and expenses involved that reduce returns. Remember, all investing involves risk, which as you know, means you could lose your money. And I have to tell you that there is no guarantee that any investment plan or strategy will be successful. And that should keep my lawyers happy. Have a great day.